Jesus.com. Wake up, everyone. It's time for the Steve Noble Show, where biblical Christianity meets the everyday issues of life in your home, at work, and even in politics. Steve is an ordinary man who believes in an extraordinary God. And on his show, there's plenty of grace and lots of truth, but no sacred cows. Call Steve now at 866-34-TRUTH. That's 866-34-TRUTH. Or check him out online at thestevenobleshow.com. And now, here's your host, Steve Noble. Welcome back. It is Steve Noble, the Steve Noble Show. Great to be with you, trying to work through a couple of things with our friends at uh, BJU Seminary. It's not uh, them. We have a Zoom thing because we almost we do Zoom um, with our friends at BJU each week. And that allows us to take advantage of the commercial breaks. So for you on Facebook Live or Rumble, then we have that little extra bit of time, which is great. And so we're trying to get Dr. Billy Gotcher uh, on the phone. We're going to talk about, once we get him in here, we'll talk about uh, preaching. Could you put that on there so he knows somebody's calling? Okay. Uh, oh, yeah, I don't see that. That's interesting. So has Billy called in yet, Josh? Do you see that? <laughs> okay. So if you're listening up there in Winston-Salem, Dr. Billy Gotcher is trying to call in uh, from BGU Seminary. So he's calling there to the Truth Radio Studios in Winston-Salem. Is that Billy? Hey, Billy. Hey, good to see you, Steve. <laughs> or kind of not. <laughs> yeah. How you doing? Thanks for calling. I appreciate your willingness to bend a little bit. We're still going to keep working on the Zoom thing. Uh, but we'll go uh, We'll go with the phone call in the meantime. Thanks so much for calling in. Uh, it's, it's interesting because we're going to unpack for a couple of sessions here. For the first two segments, let's just talk about uh, the importance of preaching in general at the church. And then in the second half of the show, we'll, we'll hopefully figure it out that we can get Stephen Lee on, who's the founder of Sermon Audio, which is really an incredible resource for the church. But but just to look at the importance of preaching, I think a lot of people, Billy, would would hear this. Oh, they're going to talk about preaching and go, well, yeah, uh, we should have preaching. We should have good preaching. But what's the big deal? Like, like, how do we approach it theologically? Well, I, I guess there's a, just a primacy in the local church on the teaching of the word of God. I mean, that's part of the priority God's given us to his word. Uh, I think hopefully you should have us now in Zoom and we should be able to uh, be both online. I, I see that wonderfully bright blue shirt of yours. Yes, there I don't you know, go. Do we have his audio? All right, so we can uh, we can drop the phone. Can you still hear me, Billy? I can still hear you. There yeah. you go. Cool. How about that? Bada bing, bada boom. Thank you, Lord. And uh, Stephen, yeah. thanks for being in there. And we'll get to uh, sermon audio in a little bit. But but a lot of people, I think Billy would look at this one and go, well, "What do you? Why are you talking about preaching?" Well, I, I mean, I think it's part of the God ordained means of sanctification. I mean, that's partly laid out. Uh, I guess one of the go-to chapters for me on the priority of preaching would be in Second Timothy chapter four, and it really falls on a context where Paul's warned about, you know, there's persecution. He's preparing Timothy. It's kind of his last will and testament, and he is charging Timothy. And that that final charge, really, in Paul's communication to Timothy, is this solemn charge to preach the word. And this is something Timothy has to be devoted to. It's part of the answer of facing people who, you know, will increasingly pull to themselves yeah. teachers that will give them their own desires. And so Timothy is charged with one fundamental task uh, in terms of helping the church to continue on mission 
which is to continue to preach the word. Now, you used, Billy, uh, just a second ago, you used the word teaching. Should yes. we should we consider these as being one and the same? Because oftentimes, and I'm sure you guys deal with this down at BJU Seminary, we talk about it up here. I talk about it on the show. I mean, regular Christians talk about this. They see a difference between somebody. They'll say, well, he's a really good preacher, as opposed to somebody else. They say he's a really good teacher, and it's not always the same person. Yeah, and I I mean, there's always a little bit of a debate on terms of in first. Timothy 4 on the gifts, right? The gifted men given to the church, whether pastor, teacher is two separate things or one and the same. But clearly everybody called to pastoral work is to be apt to teach. That's one of the biblical qualifications. So preaching has teaching in it. You can say there's teaching that might not be preaching, but there is no preaching that isn't teaching. Right, got it. Yes. And so, so there, I mean, every preacher is teaching and he's teaching because he actually is given the task to say what God has said. So right. that means he has to expose the text, proclaim the text and preaching probably is necessarily more applicational than teaching maybe. So how do we, how do we try to figure out, and this is, <laughs> this is some dangerous ground here that I'm going to walk us into, but, but should we be uh, approaching the, preaching in our own churches with somewhat of a discerning critical spirit? Should we be grading whether we have a good preacher or not? Well, I think partly the answer to that question is we don't want to get in the Paul and Apollos world. Yes. Right. Because it, it gets into what do we call good preaching, which may be flamboyant. It may be great in terms of oral skills, but good preaching is really measured by faithfulness to the word mm -hmm. And then a pastor is bigger than his role as a preacher. You need a pastor as a preacher in your life because he actually is a shepherd of your soul. And that's why that office is matched together with a calling to preach and to know the people, know and shepherd them. So it's an indispensable connection. Yeah. And so do we, should we be on the lookout and we'll have time to talk about this in the next segment. And then Stephen Lee will join us. Who's the founder of sermon audio. So I'm excited to talk about that because I know sermon audio has a, just a great uh, operation that was established there on the campus of BJU, uh, the seminary, as well as the university just a couple of years ago. But, but should we, sh should we be kind of on the lookout for anything that we would say, okay, we're now we're straying into bad preaching. Well, I would say that a church is supposed to be the pillar and the foundation of the truth, and that means the people of God, which are the church, would be discerning that actually their preacher is preaching the word, right? The, right. the, the command is preach the word. So are we being faithful to the text? Are they teaching us the text? Are they teaching us how to live uh, in genuine submission to God? I mean, that that's the mark of good preaching, right? Which then would require us to know something about the word ourselves. <laughs> Absolutely. And if the church is biblically illiterate, the church is in trouble. I mean, obviously, a brand new church, reaching people, seeing people come to Christ, growing them up, uh, they're going to be very dependent on that teacher. Yeah. They need a faithful teacher. And as they grow in their knowledge of the word, that's, you know, churches typically organize around some level of doctrinal statement, yeah. creed, so that they have some, like, some measure, something Got that they're it. saying, God's word needs to be checked. Yep. We're actually yeah, absolutely. And, and the New Testament especially talks about that. We're talking to Dr. Billy Gotcher from BJU Seminary. We're talking about preaching, the importance of preaching in the church. We'll also talk to Stephen Lee soon, the founder of Sermon Audio. We'll be right back.
Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, the Steve Noble Show Theology Thursday, as it is each week with our friends at uh, BJU Seminary down in Greenville, South Carolina, today talking again. Uh, once again with our friend Billy Gotcher, who uh, is one of the professors there at the seminary, talking about the importance of preaching. Uh, I don't know if you could hear that 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 uh, bump in music, Billy, but it, it's kind of a depressing song, and it talks about, um, you know, when you, when you find out uh, some hard news, health news, whatever the case may be. And, and I think that's, that's where we look at the blessings of uh, the importance of preaching and then the blessings of good preaching. Uh, you know, I don't know how we can, can we get through the Christian life? Can we experience sanctification to its robust availability without good preaching? Like there's people out there, Billy, I mean, you know this, that are like, you know, I, I, I can walk with the Lord and, and I can grow in my faith. I don't need to go to church and I don't need to sit under a preacher. I can do it all on my own. Uh, is that true? Can you do it all on your own? Or, or is having good preaching, solid preaching, biblical preaching, uh, really kind of a necessary part of sanctification? Well, I, I think if we're going to stay with the authority of Scripture, then the New Testament would say that we need the church because it's the bride of Christ. and. You know, I've often told people before, if you like Billy Gocher, you're going to like my wife. If you don't like my <laughs> wife, you don't like Billy Gocher. Right. So it's kind of that way with the church. If you don't like the church, how can you like Christ? The church is Christ's bride. So if you don't like the church, then in some sense, you're not really loving Christ. Yeah. And I know there's all kinds of things that have happened and people have been hurt in church. And there's there's lots of things that there's that have gone wrong because we're still sinners certainly and, uh, all of that but the church is essential to our sanctification and then the office of the pastor is essential that role to be apt to teach to be one who's going to show himself approved rightly handling the word who's going to then be an example of the believer and shepherd a flock and so that role of that pastor and then part of that big part of that role is the proclamation of the word um, is essential to our life. We need it. We need it in our life. I mean, I, I, I transitioned from 30 years of being the pastor right. to now being a church member. That's a little strange for me. <laughs> Billy Gocher in the pews. Yes. What are you doing back there, Billy? Yeah. But now, I mean, but part of my priority was to go to a place where I knew I can sit and I can not ever be, I don't want to be critical of the pastor or mm -hmm. the preaching. So I just was a priority for me to be in a church with somebody handling the word well. Yeah. Do you think that we have introduced in the media-savvy world that we live in, and we're going to talk to Stephen Lee for the last two segments, who's the founder of Sermon Audio, which is an incredible uh, resource so that you can access all kinds of great preaching. But do you think we've gotten to the point, Billy, where, where we're putting way too much emphasis on style rather than substance so that you can have a, you can have a preacher, a pastor, that he, he's theologically, he's right on the money, but he's not a particularly gifted orator, and so maybe it's a little boring or it lacks uh, – he's not real good with current context application like Greg Laurie is. And so all of a sudden, uh, style kind of overtakes substance. As long as they're preaching the Word of God, I'm pretty sure it's the, the Word of God that doesn't come back void. It doesn't really matter whether the guy's a great uh, orator or not. Have we overplayed that hand? Have we made too much of somebody's gifting to be – uh, an exciting communicator? 
Simple answer? Yes. <laughs> I mean, culture always affects us. So just yeah. as in Paul dealt with that in his culture and the whole comparisons, I mean, Paul was was not a gifted orator compared to Apollos, right? Right. So there was all that division going on in Corinth. Oh, and, and I think we have a, a decent amount of evidence in the New Testament that Paul was actually, uh, if anything, he might have been kind of boring. Deep but well, boring. Like the guy falls asleep and falls out of the window, right? I don't know if he had a long day. Well, he Paul preached all night there. too, right. so there is that. So, <laughs> but, you know, so I don't know how boring Paul could be and actually hold almost everybody's attention all right. night. One guy fell. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, if only one person falls asleep when I'm preaching, I'm going to feel pretty good, all right? So, uh, but do I think our culture influences what people think about good preaching? Well, absolutely it sure. does. Do we have yeah. a lot of celebrity Christianity? Yeah, we have a celebrity culture. Yeah. So it tends to happen, and it mm -hmm. starts affecting the way the church functions, and then it becomes like the main orator and the multi, you know, all the different right. ways we play this out that right. we actually move away from a biblical model of the church. And the biblical model of the church is more what Stephen was talking about earlier. It's the faithful expositor loving his people, yeah. shepherding them, helping them grow in the word and help them live the truth together in a true biblical community. And that's not entertainment, religious right. entertainment. Right. It's not necessarily flashy, but it is what is transformational because it is, as you mentioned earlier, it's not the preacher that's going to change your life. It's right. the word of God by the spirit. Do you think sometimes we go then, because uh, I see this a lot down here in the South since we moved down here in 97, is that uh, these fine Southern folks, when the weather goes South, especially in winter, tend to overcorrect in the opposite direction. So you're going off the right side of the road, they overcorrect, they end off on the left side of the road. Uh, do we necessarily, I think we, I think, and, and I can be like this myself, when you have a preacher that, let's say, fits that kind of rock star caliber, multi-site, if, if everybody knows preacher XYZ isn't going to be there this Sunday, then church attendance goes down 50 percent. Uh, I, I think we we can overcorrect and go, well, if just because they're a rock star preacher and they're multi-site and got a lot of people coming out because they love this person's preaching, that, that doesn't necessarily mean something's wrong, does it? You know what I mean? Because I think sometimes we'll go, oh, if there's if it smells like that at all, then there, maybe it's not good preaching. Right. No, I didn't. I mean, because something is big and something's popular doesn't make them bad. Right. I mean, are they being faithful to the text? Or are they shepherd? But I mean, there's only so many people anybody can shepherd. I mean, at some function, there the church needs to be able to shepherd people. And maybe you have enough staff to do that. What does that look like? I mean, we can have lots of debates about maybe what it looks like. But, you know, the bottom line is we got to keep from having a culture of of that doesn't behoove people growing in their spiritual life and then replicating disciples making disciples. Yeah. People are being shepherded, and they're actually reaching others with the gospel, seeing them discipled. That's the kind of culture we need in the church. So, you know, how big that church is going to be? Well, it can be a lot of different sizes if they're actually sure. engaged in the right mission, right? Yeah, yeah. Always looking so. at, at the mission and the faithful preaching of the word. Uh, how do students, and we got about a minute and a half, how, when students first come to BJU Seminary, uh, do they have, a, do, do they have a, a grasp of, okay, this is what good preaching looks like? Or do you have to, does it take a few semesters and several classes for them to kind of move from I'm a good speaker to I'm a good preacher of the word? Well, I think just part of our pathway is we're going to make sure they, they know how to rightly handle the text. So original languages become an issue. Hermeneutics is deeply important. Yeah. Then we're going to teach them on homiletical skills, but they got to know how to rightly get to, because my first task is to, to know what the text says. Mm -hmm. What did God say? Now I need to be able to communicate that to an audience. 
that's where preaching is going to come and the application is going to come. But the first task of any preacher is I got to be able to study the word myself, be convinced I know what God has said, because that's my task to communicate what God has said, not to be necessarily Mr. Original. Right. Yeah, that that can get very dangerous uh, quite quickly. And then um, the role of application real quick. There's what it says. And then now what do I do with it? I think oftentimes we start with what do I do with it and then go, oh, yeah, we should probably find out what it says. Because that, that's yeah. like the Bible study, Billy, where and we're hitting the break where, the, where people will say, hey, what does this passage of Scripture mean to you? I'm like, no, hold on. Let's figure out what it means. And then we can talk about application. We're talking to Dr. Billy Gocher. We're also going to talk to Stephen Lee, the founder of Sermon Audio, about preaching and accessing more of it. We'll be right back. Hold that thought. We'll figure it out. <laughs> Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, the Steve Noble Show, talking to uh, Dr. Billy Gocher today on Theology Thursday with our friends at BJU Seminary. Also joined by Stephen Lee, who was a graduate of uh, Bob Jones a few years ago. We'll leave it at that, Stephen. And uh, about 20, was it 20, 23 years ago, you founded Sermon Audio. So uh, we're going to continue this conversation about preaching, uh, but switch kind of the application and where we're playing this out. Uh, and, and Billy, you guys uh, have an official relationship with Sermon Audio. I remember the first time I came to campus a couple years ago, uh, they were showing me th- where you were building out an area to house some of the technology behind Sermon Audio. But but you guys, and welcome to the show, Stephen. How, how did that relationship kind of come about? And then I want to do a uh, hit the pause button on the current context, Stephen, and talk about uh, the founding of Sermon Audio and what it's all about. And I want to make sure people understand what a resource it is, but how did this, how did this partnership come about? Sure. So basically sermon audio is a website. We uh, we're all about preaching. We believe in preaching. Um, and it's, it's a, it's a great resource. It's actually the largest library of audio and video sermons uh, out there on the web with over two and a half billion sermons. And the only reason why I mention all that is because this is a this is a project. This is a library. This is a site that has, over the years, gotten increasingly difficult to manage, <laughs> yeah. to operate. Um, it's taken uh, more and more resources, taken more and more manpower, and expertise. And this is this is just an ongoing problem that we have: is that it's hard to find good people, and it's hard to train good people, and so. Uh, a few years back, seeing the writing on the wall, seeing that this, uh, what I was doing presently did not have a good long-term sustainable solution, yeah. I felt it was necessary to plant myself even physically beside essentially a stream of new talent, mm. okay? I'm a Bob Jones University grad. I graduated in 95 with a degree in computer science. So I understood their computer science department and their program very well. I know they have good people here. They have very good people here, but um, it's very difficult to identify them, the ones that you want, the ones that align up with your mission yep. very well. And it's also very difficult to onboard people because uh, everything that we were doing was remote-based. You know, We didn't have an office. We didn't have any kind of a physical home or headquarters and so if you're bringing people on in a technical environment and it's all remote and they're fresh out of college and you're just throwing them in the deep end 
it doesn't work out so well, actually. You're setting them up for failure. It's very frustrating. And so if we knew that we needed to have more help, yeah, then there needed to be an environment where they, they could be e more easily onboarded. So that's just a very practical consideration. Uh, but there's another big consideration, and that is around this time, a few years back, it started becoming obvious to me that everything that we were doing operationally, technically, was housed in the cloud. Meaning Amazon, Google, yeah. Microsoft, these are cloud providers. And they do a great service for, for the most part. You know, they, we, we depend on these services. You're depending on these, we're all depending yep. on these services. So we were depending on these services. Yeah, therein lies the rub. Well, yes. Uh, and so basically, we were starting to get reports, even way back then, where churches, because of the kind of messages that they were preaching, which were not uh, outrageous messages, but some things that would maybe go after some of the sins of our day, let's say. Yeah. And it was causing a little bit of a problem on some of these platforms. <laughs> yes, I know. And so, so the, the cancel culture, although it didn't kick into high gear until just a little bit later, but even back then, it was starting to raise some flags in our mind. Hey, we have two and a half million sermons sitting on someone else's Yikes. machines. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's very easy for them to just flip a switch and take it all down overnight without any recourse. These are private companies. They can do whatever they want. They don't owe us anything. And I just felt like that was a little bit too um, naive for mm -hmm. us to just assume that they would always be there for us, always be broadcasting for us. The only solution to mitigate against that sort of a situation is to create our own physical infrastructure, not depend right. on the infrastructure put up by these cloud companies. And so that's another big reason why we reached out to the school, because we needed a place where we could set up this infrastructure, and we have done that. And it's called the vault. Yeah, I was going to say, you needed an apropos. You needed a vault. And this is just the way we have to think. We, we have to start thinking uh, of alternatives to popular media and big tech because, uh, like if you, anybody out there, if you go to sermonaudio.com and down the left side, just go uh, sermons by topic. It's not going to take you very long uh, to run into a problem from a secular, especially liberal big tech perspective. I mean, the very first thing under the letter A is abortion. Okay, so you can click on that and get uh, a whole lot of different sermons dealing with uh, the application of Scripture to abortion. And uh, it's, it's pages and pages and pages. And, and if, like I'm up to page 30 right now with it looks like 12 or 15 sermons per page. We're, we've got a big target on our back, don't we? Steve, it's just a matter of time Yeah, is the way I see it. I mean, two and a half million sermons are two and a half million targets. Mm. I mean, they could, they could go after any one of these sermons, find a problem, make it a big deal, blow it out of proportion, and then all of a sudden these uh, platforms are forced because they don't, you know, they don't, really care about our messaging no they're forced uh, because of public opinion and all that to remove content and that's what's going on and so like i said the only way 
to mitigate, it's not going to completely solve, but right. it mitigates against this, is we certainly don't want to lose the sermons. Mm-hmm. At the very minimum, we want to keep them in our physical hands. Right. There's that. And but we also want to have the ability to continue to push them out. So it's not just to preserve, it's also to propagate. Right. Yeah, so important. So, Billy, for for the seminary, once this conversation starts going with uh, Stephen and the folks at Sermon Audio, was it, were you guys having these conversations uh, at that point about big tech is going to – could literally start to attempt via the power of the devil himself, I would say, to uh, somehow almost eliminate – the word of God, I'm, that's not hyperbolic. Eliminate the word of God from the biggest platforms on the planet. Were you guys kind of going there or was this like, oh, man, Stephen, we really need to think about this? Well, I think Stephen's just as thought forward thinking. And yeah. He sees and we've all kind of seen the writing on the wall mm-hmm. in that sense. But, I mean, this is just a beautiful and partnership in that sense. We We have a priority. We have an institution that's here training preachers. We both share a high value on preaching and the word of God and the propagation. So this is a wonderful, then in that sense, partnership to see uh, see the word of God going forward, being propagated in a platform that's actually going to protect that and protect it into the future. Uh, in many ways, we don't obviously know all the ways that, that people will come after and try and silence preaching. Right. No, yeah. So basically, uh, the school is, they have one mission. They are here to train preachers. We have a mission. We want to give those preachers a megaphone. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not training preachers. We are taking the preaching and just giving it wings yeah, so that it goes to the four corners of the world. But not all and, preaching, good preaching, which well, I want to talk about on well, the other side of the break because I'm looking at a list of the different pastors on there. I can't find Joel Osteen, but I can find Leonard Ravenhill. And there's a reason for that. So I definitely want to make sure we talk about that because this isn't a platform for any old Tom, Dick, and Harry preacher that's out there who wants to just throw it out there. you got to have a gatekeeper because I, I want to talk about that. How do you decide who gets on here and who doesn't? Right. You want to talk about it right now? Yeah, we got about a minute before we're going to hit the next break. So you can set it up, and then we can go from there. Yeah, okay. So basically the uh, the, the short way of saying this is absolutely it does require some vetting. Um, we have articles of faith that govern mm-hmm. the content on the site. So every church has to read through that. It's not very long, but they have to go through and sign off on those articles of faith. What that does in a nutshell is it just keeps away from the site. I would say mainline denominations, you know, the big mainline denominations, the liberal ones, um, and those involved in, you know, the World Council of Churches and right. the ecumenical movement. Yeah. Yep. So it just it just keeps it where the theology of the church should be orthodox. And you can read those articles of faith for yourself and you can see that it's it's really we're just talking about Bible Christianity. Yeah, so I want to talk about uh, when we come back from the break, Stephen, we're talking to Stephen Lee, the founder of Sermon Audio, as well as Billy Gocher, who's one of the professors there at BJU Seminary. Like a little lesson on how do we use Sermon Audio, kind of a practical guide. What can we find there? How do we search? I'd also like, uh, Stephen, off the top of your head, if you can, uh, just some uh, some numbers. How busy is Sermon Audio? How many downloads? How many people are searching out the word of God? Well, 
Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, the Steve Noble Show. SermonAudio.com is the website, SermonAudio.com. We've got uh, Stephen Lee with us today, who's the founder of Sermon Audio, also a BJU grad, and, of course, Dr. Billy Gochers back in the house from BJU Seminary and talking about Sermon Audio, which is really a great uh, resource that you can go through. Like, like I'm looking at sermons by topic. Uh, 2.6 million of them, by the way. It's 2.6 million sermons on any topic. Under the Sun, what's trending recently, this is good to see, Jesus, Gospel, Christ, Faith, God, Basics, which is great. I, I appreciate that. And then you get into topics A through Z. I mean, even nine even nine shows up, the number nine, uh, because you've got sermons about the 9-11 tragedy. So maybe you go listen to that uh, September of next year. I, I tell a story every year about 9-11 and and when I was at Ground Zero two months later, and to hear good preaching about something like that, that that's what you can find on Sermon Audio. It's really a remarkably deep, and, and it should be, with 2.6 million sermons on there. So, again, Billy and Stan, uh, Stephen, thanks for being here. So, Stephen, help us to understand, like, like how do we use Sermon Audio when we go there with that much content? It can be a little overwhelming. Sure. Well, I would uh, hasten to just put in here that— uh, the first place you should probably go for brand new people is our new website, which is being created and which will be released soon. It's called beta.sermonaudio.com. Ah, okay. If you go to beta.sermonaudio.com, it's just a little bit easier to navigate around, and it's very mobile-friendly. So really, uh, the way that most people find sermons is just by searching. They know typically what they want, or they go by Scripture. They go to a certain passage, like Matthew 24, 14. And they want to see all the sermons on that passage. Perhaps they're a preacher and they're preaching on a passage and they want to see how other preachers handle a passage, not just commentaries, yeah. you know, from the past, right. but they want to see how present preachers deal with the topic. Uh, you can go by topic, as you said, and you can go by language. You can go by date. Mm. There's all sorts of ways that you can slice and dice the 2.6 million sermons. Yeah, and so you were mentioning on the break, uh, this is fascinating, and it opens the door. We could do a whole other series of shows on AI. But but I think when you start talking about artificial intelligence and sermons, uh, a few people are probably going to maybe get a little nervous about that. But it's actually beautiful what's going on. So explain that because that's super cool. Sure. Well, there's a lot of abuses for AI. There's a lot of negative things going on with AI. But AI is a tool. It's a tool. Tools all tools can be used for good or bad. Mm -hmm. But what we're doing is we're using it in a very specific way. So one very easy way to explain that we're using AI is because it is a language model, it understands words better than just through phonetics or sound. So when sermons are uploaded, every single sermon will now be transcribed in a full accurate transcript using some of the tools wow. that are given to us by AI. And, and what that means is that what AI brings to the table, because we've all heard of automated transcripts, but what AI brings to the table is that it removes all of the, you know, sometimes we, we talk and we talk and we, we have all these repeated phrases and we say <laughs> a lot and all this sort of thing. Yes. Well, preachers do that too, believe it or not. And it, it cleans all that out. It mm. knows that that's not really part of the structure of the sentence that that's being delivered. So it produces a very accurate and a very clean transcript, and it does it in multiple languages. So if you're preaching in Spanish or Chinese or whatever, 
it'll do that. And so that's being av made available to the churches uh, for all sermons that are being uploaded, a full raw transcript. And then on the player, on the beta site, on the player, the user can see that transcript pulled out in a panel mm. besides so they can search through that sermon very quickly and find that phrase that he thought that that preacher said some years ago and he just can't seem to find it and he could quickly search and go straight to that part of the sermon by clicking on it that's the good uses of ai another good use of ai and this is going to sound a little bit out there for some people but <laughs> is with voice cloning voice cloning and uh, yes, obviously, we can see the, the problems with that. But what we're doing with it is we're using people that are no longer with us, for example, that have great voices, perhaps great preachers from the past or great teachers in, the, in, in this institution from the past. With the family's permission and full blessing, we are cloning their voices and having them continue on in their useful ministry, mm. he being dead yet speaketh, so that we are having some of these well-known and well-respected teachers reading audiobooks, for example, some of the Christian classics. That's another good use of AI. Another third, I'll just mention this. Can can we make is AI. there like a is there like a tip jar that I can make suggestions? Because there's several preachers that I would love to listen to them read the screw tape letters. Like there's like interesting little combos there. And and by the way, I jumped over to the beta site. So I've got one. God's wrath is coming part two. And then all of a sudden, bada bing, bada boom. The transcript shows like you were saying in the player right on the right. So that's that's super easy to use beta dot sermon audio dot com. Uh, but but you were talking about the quality of that, Stephen, on the break, that some of the families of these people, it, it might have made them a little. Uh, oh, yeah. just triggered or, or just freaked out <laughs> because it's amazing how uh, accurate it can be. Well, yes, and you can you can obviously see the negative uses of this. Oh, yeah. You can have him saying saying <clears throat> things that he, he would That's never right. say. That's right. Sure. Which is why this kind of powerful tool needs to be in a controlled environment. Yeah. And we're in a controlled environment here on the campus of, of Bob Jones. We have a very strong relationship. All of what we're talking about thus far is happening on our own physical yeah. machines. It's the point of the vault. It's the vault. And it all is contributing to, to, to the big picture here. The vault is not its own little side project. This is, this is our partnership really expressing itself in its fullest form yeah all these wonderful benefits that come from it we couldn't do the ai stuff that we're talking about unless we had a safe and secure place to yeah. do it yeah billy let me ask you from a uh a perspective of a preacher that was in the pulpit for decades and now uh training other preachers uh how do you react to what's going on here with the use of technology and now ai and and our ability to really just take talk about multiplicity my goodness it's amazing what we can all of a sudden do uh with the good preaching of god's word i i mean i think it opens up some windows positively obviously there's negative use people sure. can try and take shortcuts and we're gonna have ai preach sermons for us that would be horrible <laughs> yes. uh, 
but we actually to be able to do quality research and the transcription ability now to be able to go back and search on things and and be able to actually i mean to learn from great preachers of the past continue to grow from them and to have that access to actually uh hear sermons and even hear sermons in their voices that yeah. you know there's some neat things that are just good for our soul that I think are are available and that's what sermon audio is about. So I appreciate it. And then taking the, the Christian classics and putting them in audio books, that's huge. Oh man. That's huge. And I, I mean, and then to put it to voices that are, that will be uh, that people enjoy mm-hmm. listening to and help yep. them listen to some, some rich theology, then uh, I think those are just some real blessings to the church. Yeah, because that's where we are anyway as a culture. We're, we're all turning quickly into digital snobs and what we accept and what we'll put time in. Uh, the, 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 the level of acceptability is tied directly to the quality. And so that's the beautiful thing going on here. How busy is Sermon Audio? Just some numbers real quick, Stephen. We've got a couple minutes left. Sure. Well, we have about uh, two and a half, almost three million downloads per month. Wow. That's uh, people, you know, downloading sermons. A download, in in our minds, is the same thing as a stream. It's a mm-hmm. listen. It's a download. It's downloading from our server. So that's that's pretty good. We have uh, anywhere from four to five unique million users wow. uh, on the site per month, and you know we have uh, almost five hundred million sermons that have been downloaded to date. Wow! And this is this is being tracked to every single country that we know of on the planet which is a wonderful thing with the exception of uh, north korea uh, we have not been able to see them come up of course if they did come up it probably wouldn't be like if there were people there yeah it probably wouldn't show up as north korea anyway Um, they're coming in through some other way have you been surprised by some of the countries that show a lot of activity at sermon audio oh yeah 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 china is is actually a lot stronger than than um, than we thought. Uh, th- well, there's a lot of people. Number one in right. China. There's a lot of students in schools that mm. are learning English in China, and the Christian church is actually exploding in China. Exploding the under the underground church, yeah. and they do speak English. I mean, they it's a second language, but they do speak English, so they can consume content. Yeah, and this 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 gets the word of God into closed countries. It gets the word of God into Muslim countries, and it gives access to the word of God to anybody that can get online, except in yeah. a place like North Korea. But other than that, there's like 199 other countries where it's going to be wide open. Yeah, we have on our wall, actually, in our vault space, we have on our wall a very important verse. It's from Matthew 24, 14, and the verse reads, This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached mm-hmm. in all the world, for a witness unto all nations, and then the end shall come. Yep. Basically, that's our guiding verse. That's yep. our mission. We're not the preachers, but we have it as our mission that we want to have yep. until the very last hour of, of human history. Amen. That's right. We want there to be sermons, teaching, teaching. Well, it's, yeah, you said it right there. It shall be preached. It's going to happen. Why wouldn't we want to be a part of that? Billy Gocher, thank you as, as always, friend, for being here today. Stephen, thanks for joining us and talking about Sermon Audio. SermonAudio.com or Beta. SermonAudio.com. Check it out that way as well. This is Steve Noble on the Steve Noble Show. God willing, I'll talk to you guys. Always used to say.